Okay, welcome everybody. Um, I was asked to talk about how to earn and uh, deserve a sweet year. The uh, answer I may give you is um, I'm going to approach the topic a little bit unconventional way. The, uh, the answer is you don't really need to do anything, which may sound outrageous, but um, sometimes when, <laughs> when sometimes, um, and I'm going to give a few illustrations of this, sometimes the greatest power is needed to be passive. Now, why, why am I basing on this that to deserve a good near, year, and we hope that Hashem gives all the Jews, Tiskul Sharim Rabot Tovot Veneemot, everybody should be inscribed in Sefer Chaim Tovim, but the, uh, what I'm saying is, is based on the Zohar. And the doctor knows that I'm very passionate about this subject. As we were in uh, in Shul last year, the Zohar says, who's the best person that you want Hashem to fight for you, right? Because um, it's not a joke. Guys, I, I tell you, I was in Israel, Eretz Yisrael, four or five weeks ago. And I'd gone there on a business matter. I usually go for pleasure. This time was a business matter. And I was... Um, it's a scary thing. That uh, I found out one of my friends had become blind, Rahman al-Islam. One of them, his 20-year-old daughter, which Hashem should give her a full shleima. We have, uh, dedicate the share for Rafur Shlema. Lizzie Ruth Bat Rachel, she's a 20 year old girl, she had lymphoma. Another one of my friends, uh, his wife needed Rafur Shlema for the Yenar Machla in her throat. It's not a joke. When all of these things, where are the, when, when, when does Hashem decide what's gonna happen to us? On the day, auspicious days of between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. So the most powerful thing the Zohar says is Hashem will fight for us. How? The Zohar says this in Beshalach. It says, Hashem yilachem lachem, va'atem tacharishim. We know that when Moshe Rabbeinu was right by the um, Yamsuf, it was a highly, highly unusual, it was a highly unusual matter. Usually we Jews, in order to deserve salvation, we need to daven. But Hashem at Yamsuf said no. Hashem will fight for you, and you just be quiet. So Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai in the Zohar understands this, to say that when, when I, he says the Zohar means, and, and really the reason I wanted to give the shear today about this specific subject, is that every, um, every, every Jewish holiday, we need to... Um, inject in our um, body a certain vitamin, right? Pesach is the holiday of freedom. Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is the holiday of us fearing Hashem, right? To know that in Donya Ebi Sahab Nis, there's a king up there. God is watching us. So the Zohar says a fascinating thing. It says, Hashem ilachem lachem. When, when will Hashem fight for you? If you respect the temple, our mini temple, Mikdash Me'at, if we don't talk during Tefillah, in the Batek Nesiyot and Batek Midrashot. 
And everybody knows any shul that I go to, I put all the good signs everywhere. Now, I, I don't know, but on the days of Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, we have uh, my my personal profile that's going to be audited um, on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur during the Hal holidays. I cannot guarantee that there's a there's a lot of um, mistakes that I made during the year, but on on a second note, this is the best thing that Hashem Hashem says that if we respect Him in His house, Hashem will fight for us. And especially nowadays, I, I was 20 years a rabbi in, in a more um, traditional setting. There's also a greater risk of talking during tefillah, not respecting the prayers, just because practically Yom Kippur, the whole day you're there, and Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, half the day you're there. But it's something to realize that, um, you know, so many different, Revolbi talks about this a lot of times in Alei Shur, there's a misconception that to be great, we need to do extraordinarily great things. But this Zohar HaKodesh is teaching us something very elementary. And that is sometimes by just zipping your mouth and respecting where you're at, you could accomplish tremendous things. I want to, ex- that Hashem will fight for. I want to give you two other examples of this. It's a famous thing. That a lot of people, I was Zohar to see Rav Chaim Kanievsky seven times. And the last time I saw him, the last time I saw him was 12 days before he passed away. And he was so tired, he always said Buha. But this time, the, his grandson yelled the bracha in his ear, he said Amen. Which I knew something was up, it was very unusual. But it's known that Rav Chaim Kanievsky, Zatzal, which is so sad, I used to, when I used to go to Bnei Brak, I had a good friend that used to take me to all the gedolim. Now all those gedolim, those names don't exist anymore, unfortunately. But it's known that Rav Chaim, when a, a lot of times people would come to Rav Chaim Kanievsky for a bracha, you know what he would tell them? He would say, find somebody that was cursed out, publicly embarrassed, and didn't answer back, and go get a bracha from them. So I just want to demonstrate this idea that in that time, it's true that you're being passive, right? You're not doing anything amazing, but it it, it, it requires a lot of um, inner power when somebody's messing with you in public, they're cursing you out. So the Gemara says, The whole world only exists only because somebody that has the fortitude and the integrity, not to make the fight more worse, and he gets embarrassed in public and he doesn't answer back. Another idea in this is, because we're trying to give etzot, how to have a, have a good year, somebody that, you know, the, it's brought down, the Chafetz Chaim writes on the Zohar, the Grah brings this in his letter, that if you have a Yitzhahara to say, not, say Lashon Hara, but you don't say it, right? Or you have a Yitzhahara, everybody in your group, is having a good, um, I know they like to have hookah sessions here. So you're having a good, uh, uh, a get together and one of your friends is saying juicy Lashon Hara. And if you, um, don't say it or leave the crowd, right? It's something passive. You get a reward that even the angels can understand how much of a great of a reward is, right? So that's kind of the theme of this year that sometimes 
We think that proactively we need to do amazing things to get a good year. But a lot of times by just, you know, passively being quiet, um, we, we get amazing, amazing uh, reward. Now, honestly, the um, I saw something in the Chida, Rabbi Mutsafi. By the way, if anybody wants some fresh ideas on... Um, Selichot and just his Sidur. Right now, um, Chacham Ben Sion Mutsafi is a great, great present that um, we have in our generation. I have a friend in New York. He says, whatever is not written in any other Sefer, you'll find in his Sefer. So anyways, he, he's an amazing, amazing author. Those people that are looking for original material, sometimes in davening, we get... Um, Chas Shalom, it becomes old. We don't get, you need a rejuvenation. I just bought a sitter in Eretz Yisrael, his Mincha Arvit. I use, try to use it every day. But he brings something there from the Chida when he's talking about Salichot. The Chida writes that even Talmidei Chachamim should go to Salichot. Because the Kabbalistically, the month of Elul and these 40 days, every Jew needs to work on his Tefillah, right? And this is what the Chachamim say. The Chachamim say, Krum Zulut Livnei Adam. This is something, Elu Dvarim Sha'aimdim Berumah Shalaylam, Bnei Adam Mezalzelin Bahim. Our Tefillah has a nuclear power. The Gemara in Rosh Hashanah says that two people could be on their deathbed with a terminal illness. One of them survives, one of them doesn't. What's the difference, the Gemara there says in Rosh Hashanah? It says one did a complete tefillah, one did an incomplete tefillah. So when you put your heart and soul in tefillah, it could save your life. And that's what the Gemara in Brachot says. It says these are things that have a nuclear power to change your destiny. Um, don't forget what the Ramchal says. The Ramchal says in that tevunot, in, in his farm, that in the end of the day, who did Yaakov want to marry? Rachel. But all the major league players in Klal Yisrael, the, all the Kohanim and the kings, six of Yaakov's children came through who? Yeah. Through Leah. And Leah only was able to be Zohadat in her mazel. She was supposed to marry who? Esav. Which means Leah was able to become the mother of the majority of Klal Yisrael, only Shevet Ben Yamin. First of all, we don't have Shevet Yosef anymore. They're disappeared with the ten lost tribes. But... The, the Kohanim and the kings of Klal Yisrael all come from Leah. And how was she, Zoha to get that? Tfilah, she cried her heart out. So, the reason why I wanted to talk about this idea of um, respecting the shul is because, Rabotai, I, w- I want to tell you something. I, uh, his yard site is actually in a few days. We had a great rabbi. Again, I have a friend in New York. Sometimes, you know, we Sephardim, we worship the Ashkenazi Gedolim. But we don't realize how much the greatness that existed in our own midst. One of these people that is very underrated how great of a person he was, is Harav Eliezer ben David. Harav Eliezer ben David was the one that founded Or Haimet High School, and now they have a kolel. And uh, he was Zoche. Over 20 places around the world. You know, his Rebbe, the Chazonish, actually my cousin is very, very close with him. 
which we're missing him today, Ben Harivi. But um, my cousin is very close to him, Harab Ben David. See, that's an amazing thing to have a great Rebbe. You know, the Chazonish told him that your um, goal in life should be to make sure that Sephardic girls have seminaries and Jewish high schools, Bet Yaakov's. And he was very faithful in his mission that he made that in Los Angeles and um, in Argentina and, and all around the world. So Harab ben David was a person that was very, very um, makpid about this idea of not talking to tefillah. It was my father's yard site actually yesterday. And Harab ben David, since my father was a president of a shul and a community leader, he said he gave my father this specific mandate and mission. That he said you always have to educate people the holiness and the respect of the shul. And Harab ben David said it very clearly. He said, I don't know, we have a lot of lawyers here. You know, Jackie Mason once said, if you're a good Jewish boy, you become a doctor. If you're mediocre, you become a lawyer. And if you're a loser, you become a CPA. So I'm sure we have a lawyer here somewhere or somebody that's going to listen to this year on my podcast or on the um, on, on YouTube. You know, if anybody's been in court, and I kid you not, um, I don't want to address my brother. I had bought a car in the name of somebody else because I had good credit. And um, anyways, I see a ticket comes in the... Mail, so I go there. I tell the judge, "Listen, it was not me. I have a, I have a beard. The gentleman that I, you know, that was the picture. I'm telling you, I was in Beverly Hills Court right over here for three hours. I was trying to learn. I was trying to do my dafyomi. The judge said, "No, you're not allowed to." And she was Jewish. She was her last name was Schwartz. I mean, he said, "No, you have to stare at me the whole time," even though she was dealing with other people. The issue that I'm trying to tell you is anybody that's been in court, especially we had the Robushkin case, if it's a serious case, a court is a serious place. Harav Ben David Zatzal used to, used to say that when one comes into the shul, you're not coming, you know, it's unfortunate a lot of people, they come inside the shul, they think it's like a social gathering place. But when one comes in the shul, for lack of a better parable, Harab ben David said, you have to feel, it's the same feeling, somber feeling, solemn feeling when you come into a courtroom, right? Because here, who are we talking to? In front of the king of kings, um, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, gentlemen, you know, that, like I said, when I went to Israel, I thought I had a monetary problem, but I, I thank Hashem a thousand times. Hashem re- opened my eyes and I saw that I really didn't have a problem compared to my friends. But we live in a world where if you look on these um, WhatsApp groups, or I get, every month I get dozens of calls to Davin for this, this sick person. A lot of people have Shalom Bay problems. We really need Hashem to have a lot of mercy on us. And the number one way that we can um, merit for Hashem to have mercy on us when we pray. But if the if people come inside of the shul and they think it's like a playground and they're not serious about it, Shalom, it becomes it becomes very, very dangerous. Now I want to quote you the Shulchan Aruch. 
And what the great mashkiach of our generation, that Hashem should give him a refor shalema, Rav Matasiel Solomon said about this. And I urge you, I want to give you some homework. I um, look up the Shulchan Aruch. It's the um, first chelik of Mishnah Berurah, or Achayim, chapter 124. This is something fascinating, which um, we don't find anywhere else in the entire Shulchan Aruch. And by the way, Rabbi Saul Salanter said, with all due respect to the Bet Yosef Maran, he said the, the biggest mistake the Rabbi Yosef Karo made is that he made the Shulchan Aruch into four, you know. We have Orachaim, Yoredea, Eben Ezer, Choshen, Mishpat. So a lot of people, they just learn the first volume, Orachaim, but they forget that um, in business they need to be honest, which is maybe a, a, another discussion for another day. But, you know, uh, that's really where the real challenge is. But come listen to the Shulchan Aruch. And I urge you to look it up because when you see something inside, it has much much bigger impression. Chapter one twenty four, Halacha Zayin. It says Lo Yasiach Sichat Chulim B'Shash Shaleach Hozeru Mitpaleh. It says when the when the Shaleach uh, Sibur is repeating the Tefillah doing Chazarat Hashas, one should not talk in the middle of davening. And by the way, the post can bring down that this applies for in the middle of Torah also. Because um, I'll never forget Rabbi Mansur once had this beautiful, beautiful lecture, the Baba Sali's grandson. Um, I, I posted it on Facebook, Baruch Hashem, it got like 5,000 views. Oh, Rabbi Mansur's Torah. Um, he said the, the uh, Baba Sali's grandson was once in a shul in Brooklyn. He he said a beautiful thing. He, he explained that he the Abir Yaakov, Rabbi Yaakov Abu Chatzera, which was based in the Zohar, when, the, when, when they're reading Torah, when the Chazan, the Baal Koreh, is reading Torah every Shabbat, basically, Kabbalistically, spiritually, what's happening over there is like it's Ma'amad Har Sinai. You understand? So that's why he was saying that the Baba Sali, a lot of people, he would say if they needed a Refor Shalema, you know, just like at Har Sinai, a lot of people got healed. Right? Everybody was able to see God, see the, the kolot, and hear the Shekhinah at Har Sinai. So, it, it, this was a few years ago, I mean, it's perhaps six, seven years ago, I don't remember exactly what Rabbi Mansur said, but he was saying something that was unbelievable. It was like the Baba Sali's grandson was saying that if you would know how powerful it is when they read the Torah, that it's literally... It's like a reincarnation. It's a reenactment of the um, us sitting and getting the Ten Commandments at Har Sinai. How powerful it is! That's why somebody that does again respect that and listens to the Torah doesn't talk about it. The Baba Sali um, would say that it brings tremendous, tremendous refuah and health. So whatever we're saying here also applies to when they're reading Torah. So look what Maran says. The imsach, and if somebody that has the audacity, that in the middle of tefillah, when the shaliach sibur is reviewing the, and we have the golden opportunity to say amen, somebody talks, chote the gadol, he says he's a big sinner, the gadol avonominos o, the sin is unbearable for the person. The goarimbo, 
and we yell at him. So I was, if you look in the Pisgah Chuvas and the Postim say, this is a very, very interesting language here in the Shulchan Aruch about somebody that talks in the middle of tefillah. And by the way, just for clarification's sake, one is it asur to talk from tefillah, from Baruch Sha'amar? Obviously, um, obviously, no, no, no. There's two different issues here I want to clarify. Because Rabbi Netaneli Zatzal, which I was Zohar, taught me my Bar Mitzvah parasha. Chacham Yoshua, not Rabbi Eliyahu Shlita. His father taught me, and actually, I tell you, it was a crazy story. I have to say this story. I was with Rabbi Yoshua Netaneli, and I wasn't a Frum Jew. I was I was an Emek Hebrew Academy, but was I was not Shomer Shabbat. So his wife, uh, it, it brings me back. This is going back more than thirty-five years ago, thirty some years ago. She uh, she brought a bowl of fruit, and I said a bracha. So so Rabbi Netanelli looks at my dad. He says, "Your son is going to become a Talmid Chacham." So me and my father, the whole way we drove, we we used to live in Studio City. He lived in Tarzana. Which anybody that knows the valley, it's a good 20 minute walk, drive. Because we lived on the top of the hill. Me and my father were laughing the whole time. I said, what? what we didn't, I didn't even know what a Talmud Chacham was. But uh, I guess maybe a, maybe to 1% his bracha came true. But Rabbi, there's two different issues I want to clarify regarding this talking in a shul. Chacham Yehoshua Netaneli, Allah um, Shalom, was very, very makbid. If, if you look in Yoradeya, that's a different simon in Shulchan Aruch. The Bet Midrash, and the place that we learn and we dive in, I, I, I kid you not, cell phones had just come and I was learning uh, marketing in Sisan, in the valley, I was in Northridge. My, my phone went off, the librarian came and told me, he says, if, you, if your phone goes off a second time here, we're going to ban you from... Ever and I was studying for the CPA exam. I was, it was it was a very intense thing. I was taking. See, there's two different issues. Talking during tefillah, like we just learned right here, that's a terrible crime. Which I'm going to explain to you how Rabbi Solomon, Rabbi Matasiel explained that. Then there's another another issue where Rabbi Netanelli Zatzal Chacham Yoshua was always saying that in a shul altogether you shouldn't schmooze about mundane stuff, right? Sikhat Hulin. Which means, you know, some people sell their cars, they think the shul is eBay. When they come in, you know, uh, I don't want to say the whole joke about it, the guy needed to sell his car, by the end of the tefillah, he hadn't sold it to Isaac, he had sold it to, to Jacob, but there's, a, there's two different issues. One issue is that we need to respect the shul, and anytime we need to talk about something that is secular, you do it outside the shul. But this Shulchan Aruch is saying that somebody that talks in the middle of tefillah, its sin is so grave, gadol avonominoso, it's unbearable, the sin. And we yell at him. Now I dare you, look at all of Shulchan Aruch, the four volumes of it, for no sin is such a thing stated. That we yell at the guy, and his sin is unbearable, so I was zaycha to hear a shmuz from the Lakewood Mashkiach Rav Matasiyah, he came to explain this. He says, why is this specific sin so unique and more difficult than any other sin that no other sin in Shulchan Aruch, the Shulchan Aruch says, we yell at the guy, or it's unbearable his sin. And the answer is very simple. 
if, again, going back to court, imagine if your defense lawyer, your life is on the line, and you hired, for those of you, you, a lot of the people here are young, but back in my day, the thing that overturned the world was the O.J. Simpson case, right? So we had the riot because of that after, and the, the, whole, the whole situation there. But imagine you have the best lawyer in the world, and he's going to the judge to save your life. And what do you do in the middle? You make the, the uh, defense lawyer that's trying to defend you, you talk in the middle and you distract him. That's the most absolutely ridiculous thing in the world. So Rabotai, if you look in the Benishchai, which is, happens to be his yard site today, and Baruch Hashem, I was trying to, it just came to me right now, I was trying to mention the Benishchai, Resh um, Kaluta de Babel, the, the Posek, by the way, I just, since it's the Benishchai's um, yard site, and I'm, I, am, I am a rabbi that always goes off topic, I want to just say one thing. For, for 20 years in Santa Monica, I used to have a summer yeshiva. Project Seed. Rabbi Shadi Baksh was with me five years. I had the zechut to have him. And we used to learn. Also, it, was just, it wasn't just... Um, it just wasn't, um, you know, people learning with others, but... It was um, half day we had a yeshiva. We used to learn a sugya. So, Rosh Yeshiva Zatzabra of Weinberg said this. That um, one of my, one of the yeshiva boys that we were, very, very good boy, he was saying to me, you know, Rabbi, we don't need the Ben Ishchai anymore. Who needs to learn Ben Ishchai anymore? Everybody should learn, everybody should learn, um, Yal Kitzur Yaakov Yosef, because it's more practical. And he wasn't the only, uh, he was the second person that said this to me. That, um, because I think we were learning the Sugya Kibur Avaim, and the, the Benishka is a beautiful piece. So, um, I just want to say something that during World War One, they had a big dilemma, because the, there were thousands, tens of thousands of people that went to war. In, use, in Eastern Europe. Unfortunately, you had Orthodox Jews on both sides of the fight in World War I. Um, what, what happened over there was the, the Tsar was, a, was a, obviously the biggest anti-Semite. Of the, they didn't know, basically the Russian army would only allow a Jew to take one book. So the question that became amongst the Gedolim was, that which safer should they take? Should they take a Siddur? Should they take a Chumash? Right? Should they take a Musar book? Because the quota was, the general and the sergeant, the drill sergeant, would only allow every Jew to only put one religious book in his army bag, right? So, believe it or not, at that time, Rav Chaim Brisk, which is the godfather of all the whole Pilpul yeshiva system, he held that they should take the Benishchai. Because he said that in the beginning of each parasha, first of all, it's a book of halacha, and in the beginning of each parsha, he has a lot of musar and, and drash. So the Benishchai is, is, a, is a book that of course whoever, and even Rabbi Vadia, he wrote a pirush on the Benishchai, Halich Orolam. If you don't follow the Benishchai's more stringent rulings, it's still very, very appropriate to learn it. Anybody that does learn the Benishchai knows you get a tremendous amount of Yirat Shamayim. So anyways, the Benishchai says... Kabbalistically, by the way, what's more powerful? Your silent prayer or the prayer that we repeat and we say amen to? 
So Kabbalistically, the, the Ben Ishchai brings down, he proves Alpi Kabbalah, that it's much more powerful the, um, the, the second, the Chazara. That's why he doesn't like the Moroccan Minhag, the Minhag of some Sephardim people, that they don't do, you know, Mincha, they do Heichen Kedusha, like in the yeshivas. Some places they don't repeat Shwana Esrei. The Ben Ishchai was very, very against that because he said that spiritually speaking, Kabbalistically speaking, the second one is more powerful. So going back to Rabbi Solomon, the Shaliyah Simur is doing something power, more powerful for you. He's your defense attorney, right? He's beseeching God, and you by saying one small word, word Amen, you could get all the blessings. And then you have the chutzpah that your defense lawyer is trying to ask the king of all kings to help you. You try to distract him and you talk in the middle. So that's why this is the, out of all of the sins in the Shulchan Aruch, this is the only one that says this, the Gadol Avonominoso, the sin is unbearable. Yeah, and it's the only time that we yell at him. Because you know, by the way, we never, we Jews should never embarrass anybody. But this is such a serious thing, because I, I just want to explain the second thing. There's another Zohar that says whoever talks in the middle of davening is like he did Avodah Zara. It's like idol worship. So I heard, I was like to hear from Rosh Hashiva Zatzal Rav Weinberg. He, he explained this. And it's, it's very true. He said in the end of the day, when we sit and imagine the high holidays, we're actually God for life and death. I... Um, it's a, it's a shame we don't have our rabbinical Persian council anymore. We used to meet and it was, it was a good, but literally guys, I, I, I kid you not, off the top of my head, we had, in this city in the last few years, we had 10, 15 people that were very young, that, that passed away with a lot of yetomim. We need God to have mercy on us and I don't know what, what the tikkun is that we should do teshuva, but Rosh Hashiva Zatzal Rav Weinberg explained that in the end of the day, when you're sitting and davening to Hashem in His house, this is Hashem's palace. So either Hashem does exist or doesn't exist, right? Um, the thing I miss about my father, Zichron and Lebracha, um, which was your site, was yesterday. He was, always used to tell me one thing in life. It's, it's a good piece of advice. He says, either you do something 100%, 110%, or you don't do it, right? We don't need half-baked jobs. Same thing, either we're coming to pray to, either God does exist, this is His room, this is His special place that we need to meditate. We need to beseech the Almighty to have mercy on us, or either He doesn't. So if He does exist and you're talking in the middle when you're supposed to be praying and saying Amen, then that, you're not acknowledging that He exists. And that's why the Zohar says that somebody that talks in the middle of tefillah is like... Um, but I just wanted to finish on a positive note as um, I have a brother-in-law which is a great Mekubal and is a PhD in John Hopkins and he gave me a piece of advice he said always leave on a positive note I want to tell you amazing amazing uh, Gemara and Shabbat the reason another reason why it's so a terrible crime when one talks in the middle of Tefillah and I tell you in my shul by Ne'ilai I had a thousand people daven there they didn't come the whole Yom Kippur, but at least they came, you know, they came out of the uh, woodwork and Ne'ilah. 
And I've seen this hundreds of times, if not thousands of times. Guys, when you talk in the middle of tefillah, you, a lot of times the guy's in the middle of his shmuz, he misses the amen yeshem He misses saying the amen. And Maran Achida says, who's a sadiq? Sadiq is roshetevot. Sadi. Sadi means if you daven three times with a minion, you're going to answer 90 amen. A sadiq is a person that answers each one of those amens with kavana. Dalit is four. Four kedusha. Kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. Yud is the ten amen yeheshemer abaz that we answer when we daven three times with a minion. And kuf is the hundred brachot. So who's a sadiq? A person that's able to do all these um, four different things with kavanah. So look what the Gemara in Shabbat says about answering a simple amen yeheshemer abaz and amen. Again, it's 119. B, page 238 in the Gemara in Shabbat, right in the wide lines. Amar Rabbi Shoban Levi, Kol amen Again, we want to have a sweet year. Let's say Chaser Shalom, a person, the Satan prosecuted him for a bad, bad year. It says if you answer amen with all your power, they rip up any bad decree against you. Now it's a Machlokus Rashi and Tosos. One says that Bechol kocho means with all your kavana, right? Another one says with all your energy. You should, you should answer Amen Yeshemer Rabbah out loud. So then the Gemara goes ahead and says, Amar Rabbi Yochanan Afilu Mochalino. Even if God forbid you had a spark of idol worship in you, and you answer Amen Yeshemer Rabbah with all your power, you get forgiven even for idol worship. And then the Gemara goes ahead and says, Amar Shakish, kol haone amen bechol kocho. Amen maybe a little bit of a challenge, but amen takes a second to answer. It's a split second, amen. It says, whoever answers amen with all his power, potachin lo sha'are gan eden. They open all the doors of gan eden for him. And there's a famous Arizal, there's a book by the way, a small booklet, I used to teach in my shul. The Arizal says, based on this Gemara, that somebody that does such a simplistic act of just answering Amen, not even Amen Yeshemer but with all proper kavana, it's not, they open any door in Gan Eden for him. So there's a famous story with the Arizal that um, somebody's uh, grandfather or father, they had a dream that he was. He came to his grandchild in a dream, and he was very white. And he came to the Arizal. He said, "What's the meaning of this dream?" The Ariz said, "You should know your grandfather was not a Talmud Chacham. But one thing that he was very meticulous about is that he would all, always, you know, respect the shul, not talk during davening, and answer every amen very meticulously. Somebody that does such a thing based on this Gemara and Shabbat, they open any door." You know, in Shamayim, there's always all these different yeshivas. Mesifta derakia, metifta derakia. Somebody that does such a simple act of answering Amen with all his power, anywhere he wants to go in heaven, they'll let him in. Wow. So that's, so, so guys, this is the issue over here. For such a simple thing, and I want to just tell you that I was like to see something very beautiful from the Panabachi Rosh Hashiva, and I'm going to finish with this. 
I was in the Yeshiva Mir 25 years ago, one of the great Yosh Yeshivas that, um, if you're ever looking for a good pilpul safer, is Rav Shmuel Rozovsky. Rav Shmuel was the Rosh Yeshiva of Panovich, together with Rav Shach. So Rav Shmuel Rozovsky on this Gemara asked a beautiful question. He says, I don't understand. How is this fair? Just because you an- answer Amen Yehoshim Rabbah, right? It takes six, seven seconds. You're going to be forgiven for all your sins. God is going to rip up any bad decree. Or answer Amen. They're going to open all the doors. And they learn it from a Pasuk, by the way. It says, Yabo Goy Shomer Emunim. Right? Because when you answer Amen, by the way, I just want to let you know, I was Zohar that Harab Ben David stayed in my guest house in my shul. So any time he wanted to say Asher Yatsar, he used to call me, because the Zohar says parenthetically, your bracha is not complete unless somebody answers Amen. So I think it's, a, it's such a simple thing to do that if, you have friends and family in the house, you should say your bracha loud and clear, because the, according to Kabbalah, the bracha is not complete until somebody answers amen to it. And Harab ben David used to always call me when he wanted to say his Asher Yatsar. He was sitting in, he was in the bedroom next door, him and his wife, and I, um, and he would say, come, come, David, come say amen to my bracha. So anyways, so, yeah, yeah. So Rav Shmuel Rezovsky, the Panovich Rosh Hashiva, asked a beautiful question. He says, I don't understand. This Gemara doesn't make any sense. Just because you say, Amen, Yeshaber Abba, and Amen, God forgives you for all your sins, and you say, Amen. So Rav Shmuel says a beautiful idea. I love it. He says, you know, God is fair. There's so many sins that are so unfortunately easy to do, like the Gemara and Brava Batra says, like Lashon Hara, right? It's very hard to avoid. So he said, Hashem in His infinite greatness and fairness wanted to even the playing field. He said, just like there are certain sins, right? Like, listen, if you're not careful, it's very hard not to talk in the middle of tefillah. Or not say Lashon Hara. Or sins that have to do with the math, right? So Hashem in His infinite kindness said, in order for it to be an even playing field, I'm also going to give you some mitzvot that are easy as American apple pie to do. And if you're able to do those, then um, Hashem should give us a very, very, like it says in the Gemara Shabbat, Hashem should, uh, in the Zechud Hashem should rip up all the bad decrees and inscribe all of us in Sefer Chaim Tovim. Amen.